are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Monday, everyone, and as always, thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by co-host John Schuster in here. If you hear Bruno the dog lapping up water in the background, that's exactly what's going on That's right hydration now. right there. Absolutely. Good work, Bruno. Uh, we're going to talk some uh, U of A football on this right here, and uh, well, we'll start with the, uh, they always say, play the hits. And uh, Arizona has received a commitment from uh, Keon Barnett or Burnett, excuse me, uh, Chester Burnett's uh, son was a USC commitment, has now flipped to the U of A. And now you are looking at a recruiting class for the University of Arizona football team that is going to be probably in the top 25 when everything's all said and done, which is just remarkable. A remarkable place to be. To think about it when you're coming off a C or when you're coming, you're on an 0-12 losing streak right now. Fish made an interesting point, though, and I think where he... He was asked about the 12-game losing streak, and he said, you know what? He says, as the coaching staff, we have to own that, but he said it's also a powerful pitch when I can tell kids that, you know what? This is a new era right here, and guess what? You're going to have an opportunity to play really quickly, really, really quickly, and I think so far so good. You look at the uh, the staff, and we'll get to that in a minute, but things really, and again, we have no clue if Jed Fish could coach or not. But but he's doing the first part right. And, he's doing a lot of the early parts right. And he's, he had put a quote out there that I thought was fantastic where he said, recruiting is 50% of the job in college football. And if you can't recruit, you can't do your job. I thought that was a very interesting mm-hmm. way of putting it. It is. It is. One of the things that I've been fascinated, and, and, and maybe is before we progress too far on that, who are some of the highlight recruits that they've gotten up to this point? Well, it all started, but you got this kid named uh, Noah Fafita who um, – is a quarterback at Servite High School, and uh, he's really good friends with Burnett. Burnett's the biggest kid that they've gotten to this point by a mile. And um, he, uh, they're also looking at another kid from the same high school. Um, his last name is McMillan, who is another USC. This kid's a five-star wide receiver who will probably be in the NFL in three years. But he was kind of the first domino that uh, um, unfolded here. And I think what you're seeing is that Arizona is trying to take a little bit of the Herm Edwards approach where you're getting into Southern California. And you know what? We might not get the kids that USC is getting, but you know what? We're going to start competing with the kids that UCLA is trying to get. Yeah. And and so far it seems to be working fairly well. And I think there's something to be said about the early playing time pitch, Mm -hmm. if you can make that pitch right. Uh, not being necessarily where you're waiting three years to get on the field at USC, and you can get on the field in three months, perhaps right. in Arizona. Right. Yes, that's uh, that's that's not a bad thing. Sometimes. I'm, go ahead. No, no, no. It's all right. Go. I'm totally okay with uh, as well. I'm totally okay with um, not necessarily having a top 25 recruiting class, but it's kind of like something that Dick Tomey did, where Dick Tomey didn't necessarily bring in like, and again, recruiting rankings really weren't than what they are now but it always seemed that when he brought in kids there was about 10 to 15 of them that he looked at and you said this kid could really be something i'll use a dennis northcutt as an example dennis northcutt came in here and was a defensive back initially yeah he was not a particularly highly recruited but what was crazy about him is when you watched him Mm -hmm. 
even when he was at, because I think he had one game where he had a couple interceptions, you could just tell that, okay, this there's something to work with here. So yes, like you said, he wasn't a particularly highly rated kid, but you could tell immediately that there was something there to work with. I think what happened with Richrod, and to a much, much greater extent, Sumlin, is you're bringing in kids that not only are they not highly recru- recruited, you're looking at it and you're saying, there's not much to work with here. One of the things that I think, I think Fish has done really well up to this point that uh, Rodriguez and certainly someone didn't do. Rodriguez, and you've talked about this before, is arguably the best X and O coach that mm-hmm. Arizona's had in our respective lifetimes. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very fair thing to say. The guy can coach. Mm-hmm. He knows his offense. He knows what he wants to do. He knows how he wants to get things done. And he's he, he has historically been very effective in that regard. But I think once he came to Arizona, he did two things that worked against him. He didn't particularly care about recruiting all that right. much. And the staff that he put around him, I think, was almost like we're getting the band back together in West Virginia and we're right. going to try that out here. And so the connections, I think, lagged a little bit. And, and, as, and as things progressed, ultimately lagged a lot more than a little bit. And it made it difficult for him to maintain the brief uh, bell curve of success that he had there for a small period of time. And Sumlin was never able to really get things going. And, you know, so so it's almost difficult. It's almost like Sumlin and Makovic are outliers. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were- They were just they so were really bad, bad like... And it was such a difficult fit. And on, honestly, when Sumlin was hired, I got it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, big name, won some games at a, at a bigger school. Oh, no, everybody you know, got so, it. So you got it, it just, it just was fairly clear fairly early on it wasn't a good fit, and Arizona made the right move to mm-hmm. move on. Anyway, one of the things that Fish has done a good job of is embrace Arizona as uh, being a place where you can have a good time, play, and start something new. And one of the things that I thought was interesting, Mike, and it's kind of a PR thing. Mm-hmm. I was listening to uh, one of his interviews. And Fish... Dead Fish? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the things that... Let, and And... and Let's be honest about the Tucson market a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you talk about Wildcat football fan, when you talk about Tucson Townie, when you talk about the U of A student body, all of those topics come with, with well, we can't or we won't because. Excuses not mm-hmm. to go to the football game. The easiest one is Arizona isn't very good. They don't deserve my money. Right. Okay. All right. But beyond that, you have, let's, let's use the... Tucson resident town component who's a Wildcat fan, likes to go to, you know, games here and there, has embraced the Wildcat basketball team for 30-plus years. It's too late. It's too early. It's too hot. It's too long a drive. I don't really, you, you can know. You come up whatever. with a multitude a of multi- reasons. And they have. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that fan base has come up with a multitude of reasons. Again, reason number one is they're not very good, right. so all the other reasons fall into place. Now let's go to the U of A student body, Okay. You're aware of this. In the first half of the game, the UVA student body comes out en masse. They're there for the first half. It's a crazy student section. Mm -hmm. Um, But here's what happens at the U of A. UVA kids wake up on Saturday at 11 o'clock. They get dressed up in some excellent Wildcat outfits. They go drinking. Mm -hmm. They drink until 2. They nap. Mm -hmm. Their pregame is done. For sure. They wake up at 4. They drink again, and then they go to the first half of the U of A football game. Mm-hmm. They leave at the half, which is about 8.45, 9 o'clock. They leave en masse because they're going to nap again so that they can go to the party at 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Arizona, is a fashion, Arizona football is not the destination. 
it's sort of the <laughs> fashionable excuse to do whatever your Saturday activity ultimately is, which revolves around we're going to get hammered because we're in college. Mm -hmm. What Jed Fish has done that I think is interesting, he has addressed all of these issues at, in, at, in kind of a public relations spin here. He's sort of reversed everything. When it comes to his answer for all of the problems, the multitude of attendance problems at Arizona is, why wouldn't you, mm -hmm. X, Y, Z? Why wouldn't you go to Arizona? It's the only, it's the best thing to do on a Saturday. Why wouldn't you come to Arizona? They're the best state school in town. Why wouldn't you want to be at a place that's an hour away from you in Los Angeles? Because you're close enough and far away. Why wouldn't you want to, and it's, and, and, and it's, and his pitch is excellent. Mm -hmm. If you listen to the way that he has formed his PR argument, right. it is it is addressing, not saying that you're a bad person not to go, but it's kind of saying, you know what? Come on out and join us. Why wouldn't you join us? Because it's better than the alternative. Don't you get the sense, too, and I think a lot of this is, is because Jed Fish hasn't really been, uh, you know, I mean, he wasn't really a hot candidate for anybody. Jed Fish... Seems like the first coach in a long time here at Arizona that actually really wants to be here. Mm -hmm. That now again, uh, I get that that's all relative, and you know what? The second USC comes calling, if you win seven or eight games, Jetfish is out. But <laughs> we'll, and Arizona fans should deal with that. Yes, exactly. Not worry about that Don't, right now. Yes, exactly. You cross that bridge, uh -huh. and you're happy to cross right. that bridge when you come to it. But it's the first time that it feels like that. You know what? However good Jed Fish can be at Arizona is how good he's going to be. Now, I have no clue if Kevin Sumlin could have been better at Arizona because, quite frankly, I have no clue if Kevin Sumlin's any good or not. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it felt like, for right or for wrong, mm -hmm. it felt like someone was collecting a paycheck. For sure. Now, Rich Rod, I can guarantee you, left a lot of stuff on the table, and I think he would probably admit that. Now, so Fish, I think, is going to be as good as Fish can possibly be here. I know that that sounds kind of a... You know, like, well, yeah, what do you mean by that? But Arizona's not an easy place to win right now. And he's selling something. Mm -hmm. We'll find out if he can really coach or not. And we're going to talk a little bit about it. With as much as Jed Fish has moved, though, you would have to think, though, that he has utilized rockauto.com. And if he hasn't utilized rockauto.com, I know that he's got a $2.7 million house here in the foothills, and that's fine and dandy. But you know what? If you're looking to put more money into your house, you probably want to put less money into your car. And that's going to be where Jed Fish has utilized RockAuto.com. Yeah, we're, we're only providing advice here. We're not saying that Jed Fish uses RockAuto.com. We're just suggesting, mm -hmm. might I suggest, that given as good a service as it is, Jed Fish and you could certainly benefit from the preparation of auto repair and convenience that comes with RockAuto.com. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, with John Schuster. All right, now, here's where it's going to get interesting, because we're, we just talked about how Fish is recruiting at a very high level. What happens then this year when Arizona goes out and wins one game, one or two games? I, It becomes more difficult, for sure, because now you have a product on the field, but... When people ask that, my question, I always think that it's much more difficult if you suck in year two than in year one. Because I think that he, I don't think that he, these kids that are committing right now are probably thinking that their Arizona is going to be good. I think once you, if you stink in year two, it becomes more of an issue. So people do say like, you know, what if Arizona goes two and 10 this year? I don't think that that's going to have a huge impact. 
but I do think that you need to start showing improvement by year two. And I think you get into this weird recruiting thing too, where you know by the time you're already recruiting kids and trying to get involved in them before year one even starts, let alone what year two ultimately is. But yes, there's a short attention span thing in place too. So what you're hoping happens, I think, in year one is you can see what it is that they're trying to accomplish. And if they're better in game 12 than uh -huh. they were in game one, uh -huh. then you can say, yeah, I can see something there. I can see some potential. What I like about Fish is something we talked about in the last what do you like about segment Fish? in regards to what I imagine his recruiting pitches are. They're probably pretty good. I would assume they are. They, they sound high he energy. Really, he really sounds good, doesn't he? Mm -hmm, he does. You know, and, and, and I think whereas... You know, you look up the road at ASU, Edwards has clearly been successful as far as recruiting is, is mm -hmm. concerned. His assistants plant the seeds, Edwards comes in and closes the deal. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Fish uses the same model, mm -hmm. but his ability to communicate is excellent. And I wonder on a grander scheme of things, one of the obvious red flags about Fish's career mm -hmm. is that he's the definition of journeyman. Mm -hmm. He's had, you know, sure, this is if an exaggeration. If you could be in 20 places in six years, he's been in 20 places <laughs> right. in six years. It, yes. he's, he, he has, um, yeah, he's moved around quite a bit. Mm -hmm. He's had a lot of gigs. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if along the way he's been able to cultivate enough to have an idea of what it is he really wants to accomplish on the day that he was able to run his own program. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's been able to implement those things. He's certainly had things. enough time to think about it. Yeah, he has. And he's, you know, had a lot of different jobs along the way. So maybe there was a cultivation, if I had my own program or if I had my own head coaching job, how would I do it? Right. And, and, and maybe instead of us worrying about, you know, and again, it's all speculative worrying about Jed Fish being a guy who's bounced around a lot, maybe that experience will benefit him as he locks into one job that is his. And, uh, you, you know, he ultimately gets to see whether his model works. I think the one thing that I think bodes well, too, is I'm always a little bit, always a little bit reticent of name droppers and that the people that you know, I mean, everybody's probably worked with somebody who likes to talk about all the people they know. Mm -hmm. or, yeah. Right. And, you know, uh -huh. and things like that. But that that ranks really highly as far as the annoying quotient oh, is. I think it's annoying for a hell of a lot of us it, yes. in the listening audience and maybe a little it, bit closer yes. on the other side of the microphone. Yes, it, it can be very annoying. Yes. But one thing, though, when you hear Jed Fish, Jed Fish always brings up that, you know, I was talking with Bill Belichick yesterday or I was talking with Pete Carroll, this, that, or the other. I think he dropped Sean McVay a few times. Oh, quite a few times. 12 Media yes. Day. Talked yeah. about having something with Carroll, meeting with Herm Edwards, blah, blah, right. blah. Yes, I know right. what you mean. What I do find interesting, though, and maybe a little bit more, um, and shows that there's a little bit more to what he's saying, though, than just the person that just throws out all these random names that, you know, you can't really verify if you know or not, is the fact that Pete Carroll sent said to his kid who was in a posh position with the Seattle Seahawks he had a he had a full-time coaching gig there that you know what go off to Arizona become their offensive coordinator again i get that he's not going to be the one calling the plays but he's that's his title the fact that Pete Carroll is telling his kid that 
he obviously has some kind of confidence in Jed Fish, that Jed Fish can do something for his son's career here, mm-hmm. period. Because you're not sending your kid into that position if you think that it's just going to absolutely be a huge black mark on his resume. Then you get a guy like Don Brown, who has been the defensive coordinator at Michigan for the last six years. I mean, these are these are guys with gravitas to their names that are hitching their wagon for at a program that, that is, is 0-12. So there's obviously yeah. something there Pete Carroll, if Pete Carroll hates or thinks that Jed Fish is a total dummy, I mean, I don't want to speak for Pete. The only reason that his kid would be OC is because Pete Carroll thinks, well, you know, you want the fast track to be a head coach somewhere. Exactly. (laughs) He's the guy because he isn't very good. Exactly. That's probably not the case here. Right. So I don't think it's the case at all. So, I mean, again, we'll see and we're going to keep you up to date on everything and we'll see how everything plays out. But so far, so good. The the commitment of Kayon Burnett, big thing. And, you know, go ahead. No, no, no. It's all right. I'll I'll, I'll ask you the next time. And I will say one thing. And generally, we do these at the end, but I'm going to do it because Schuster's got something that he wants to say. But I also have something I want to say, and you should probably go to betonline.ag. If you think that Arizona can outperform the two and a half, or if you say, you know what, Arizona's got real future under Jet Fish. Now, I don't know that there's future stocks out there in coaches, like a Bitcoin or something, <laughs> but if there was, this is the place bet, that would happen. Bet, bet fish coin. Bet fish, <laughs> betfishonline.ag along, is basically, as funny as it sounds, betonline.ag is the type of place that would have that. John Schuster. I Actually, s- here's a tease. Mm-hmm. Here's a tease possibility. We're, we're near, near the end of the podcast here. Are we doing another? Oh, yeah. Let's do another one. Okay. Shows you that shows you our professionalism. <laughs> the level of professionalism right. that is really hard to match. Mm-hmm. You tell me in the next podcast what it is Arizona wants to accomplish on the offensive and the defensive end. Okay. That's it. For John Schuster and Mike Loop, you've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.